When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Celtic Down Under Deep Dive podcast. Uh, we are the artists formerly known as the Tuesday Crew, um, and I'm joined tonight by my very good friend, Willie. How are you doing, Willie? I'm doing all right, Stevie. I'm um, enjoying the international break and getting some good results for Scotland, so hopefully we get another one tomorrow. Yeah, and... Um, Let's address the elephant in the room first. Um, how you feel? Are you still on a high after pumping the Huns at Ibrooks? Oh, aye, big time. I'm still enjoying it. I mean, up until England rolled up for the Scotland game, they were still in meltdown, but now they've got something else to focus their attention on. They've got a, a wee arse to lick over there. So it's, um, it is what it is, you know what I mean? It's it's quieting down a little bit over on the social medias at the moment, but it'll soon rear its head again when their form or their Apache form re- um, reappears next week. Yeah, that's that. I mean, they're, they're like one defeat away from a complete meltdown, I think. I think you're, yeah. you're verging into Pedro Cascina territory at the moment where uh, every every utterance that comes out of Bill's mouth is being let with, met with ridicule and laughter. So um, <laughs> it's almost too good to be true. Yeah. I'm kind of right, hoping well, he's faithful, you know what I mean? I, I really, I, I quite enjoy him, you know what I mean? He just makes a fool of himself every time he opens his mouth. Like, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope he stays as well, but at the end of the day, who's coming next for them, really? I mean, <laughs> they don't have any money. Um, no. They don't, they, 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 you know, they've spunked the family budget on on got a bunch of strikers that can't score. Um yeah. And I don't know where, where happens next. Where does the next manager come from? Where does he get money to spend? They're not in the Champions League, and um, yeah. so they're going to be scraping around for money. And I almost think their next manager um, is going to be a, a David Martindale or a Derek McInnes type. And Christ, we're here for that, aren't we? <laughs> oh, that would be good. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's probably what they need right enough. Someone to strip it back and start again. Yeah. And take two or three years. Uh, and come back at us yeah, sleep, they, but they're they not going to do it. They wouldn't last two or three years, being second for those years. Yeah, no, definitely not. Right? 
All right, let's jump into the subject matter at hand. So we're doing a deep dive tonight on um, the transfer window, which recently slammed shut, um, to use a, a bit of Scottish media parlance. Um, so we're just going to run through each position in the Celtic team, um, have a look at who we bought, who we sold, uh, whether we think we're stronger or weaker. And... Um, at the end, we'll maybe do a, a bit of a summary over, you know, the, the transfer window as a whole. And this thing we keep hearing about called the Celtic transfer model. Um, so we'll, we'll dive right into it and, and we'll start at the back, at, at the goalkeeping position. Um, this was one of the more contentious positions, I think it's fair to say, uh, and that we didn't sign one at all. Um, we did lose two goalkeepers from the squad and uh, Vasilius Barkas, and Connor Hazard, who went to FC Utrecht on a fee transfer, and Plymouth Argyle for €175,000, respectively. Um, I don't think any of those two goalkeepers will be will be sadly missed. Um, but what do you think, Willie, on our failure to recruit a goalkeeper? Um, the goalkeeping position is the one I feared the most over the, the close season, and um, it it's not been addressed, which kind of concerns me a bit more. Uh, is it possible that we we try to get rid of Bain and Seagrest before we took anyone else in, but neither of them left? Who knows? But for me, Joe Hart is he's not he's not getting any younger. Okay, his performances have picked up a little bit this season when he's not having to play the ball from the back. He's allowed to just um, he's allowed to just boot it long when he can, and it's a weakness that Brendan Rodgers seems to have recognised and addressed. It just allows Joe to be a bit more decisive. So his form has picked up a little bit, but um, he's no competition, and that that concerns me because if he starts, if his form does drop off, there's nobody there to turn around and say, "Well, you, you don't deserve a place in the team," and he does. For me, Benjamin Seegers has checked out. Scott Bain is a squad player, nothing more. An injury to Joe Hart would leave us um, in a really precarious position. So. It is something I would be looking to address in January. I don't know, Livakovic, was was there serious interest there and it all fell off and they didn't have a backup? Who knows? But for me, it is a position I I would be concerned about, I am concerned about. Yeah, I mean, I think even leaving aside the form aspect of things, um, the fact that what you mentioned there, if Joe Hart gets injured, um, then we're in all sorts of trouble. Um, because you know we could be getting into a Champions League game with um, you know with with uh, Scott Bain or Benji Sheets and yeah. goals and that's 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 a terif- that's an absolutely terrifying prospect. So we, we can't that 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 can't that can't be something yeah. that the club are happy with. Um, you know the only thing I would might suggest is there was some suggestion in the media and I don't know how much truth there is that that uh, Rogers wants. Um, the guy from Liverpool, the Irish boy Kelleher, as a long ter- as long term number one. Um, now, I guess the question is, if we couldn't get him this summer, but could get him next January or even next summer, would you be, be, be prepared to wait for him? I mean, you could wait to January. I mean, we have to wait to January. There's no ifs, buts, or maybe's about it. Like, but if you could get him in in January to bed in, get a bit of time with Stevie Woods. And Joe himself to give him the sort of expectations of what it is to be a Celtic goalkeeper, but um, it's like you say, Scott Bain. 
he's an average keeper for 88 minutes he's okay and then two minutes of the game two goals go in and they they all say he's good with his feet and he is actually quite a good player with his feet but like he's, he's just he's going to cost you goals and Seeger Seeger's a good shot stopper but that, that's about all I know about him is when we watched him play when we played Dundee United and his goals just getting peppered with shots and you know he's a good shot stopper but can he can he do it with the ninety minutes where you're you're only asked to be focused for two of that ninety minutes, like who knows? But I I I would be, I would like to see this that, that if that is a move for Kelleher, that's one I would would welcome. But hopefully it would be in January rather than next next um, close season night. Yeah, the whole um, the whole Benji Seagrass thing's a real head scratcher, isn't it? Because he he did profile quite well at the United. He was quite a good goalkeeper, and you know the hope was that he was coming in uh, to challenge to be number one goalkeeper at Celtic. Um, but he's never, you know, he's not, he's never, it's not even he's never ever, ever took a chance. He's never even really been given a chance. Uh, it's always seemed as if Scott Bain's been first cab off the rank if for if for looking to replace the goalkeeper. I, I just I just wonder. I think you've got to question his attitude and training really, because you know this this is across several managers. This has happened. Um, so it's not one particular manager that just doesn't like him. Ange didn't play him, and it doesn't look as if Brendan's going to either. So I, I can only imagine his attitude's terrible in training. It could be. I mean, the I kind of thought like when they went to the tour of Australia that he picked up a new girlfriend over, and I kind of thought I'll oh, put one and one together and come up with Andrew that maybe he was out when Arm said he shouldn't have been out and he's got himself a new girlfriend and kind of the rumours are he wants to move to Australia to be closer to her and all that but it certainly doesn't it doesn't make sense what's happening there because he like he shows up as a good keeper when he played at Dundee United everyone gave him rave reviews and he comes to Celtic and it's just does he come with a big time Charlie attitude and he's just been put in his place straight away or what I don't know. It just doesn't make sense, you know what I mean? I think we're better off cutting our losses with a guy and just let him go, like because it's just a waste of a wage at the moment. No? Well, yeah, I mean, if you're not going to play him and there's no chance you're going to play him, then yeah, it, it needs to move on for sure. But there wasn't any, whether there wasn't any takers or not. And the only problem with moving to the A-League, I'm sure he has, if he's got a girlfriend down here and he wants to live here, um, would that be the second player we're going to lose because of their girlfriend um, <laughs> in one transfer window? We're turning into a dating agency, not a football Hello, team. Uh. <laughs> um, but he's going to find he's going to find it hard to find a club that's going to pay him the same wages he's getting at Celtic down here. So um, I hope he's willing to take a pay cut. And, and, and at the end of the day, that might that might be the problem. Yeah, I was just going to say that could be the problem too. Like. With Albion and Ayeti and players like that, where they're just happy to sit in. Oh, I'm getting a good wage. I'm I'm not going nowhere. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing for my three years and then take my money and run. Yeah, maybe he'll get a touch of the ball in goalies and just not be able to help him sit and jump on a plane. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Both the issue. All right, so we're not really happy with the goalkeeping position. Um, I think that's 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 quite clear. So we'll move on. Uh, we'll move out one to the centre halfs position. Um, now coming in, we had Mike Navrotsky, um, twenty-two year old from Legia Warsaw, for five million euros. We also had Gustav Lagerbielke, another centre back for twenty-three years old from IFL Sport in Sweden, for three point four million euros, and Nat Phillips. 
a centre-back on, on a loan till Christmas uh, from Liverpool, who's 26 years old. Um, moving out, we had um, Carol Staffelt to sell to Vigo for €5 million. Euros. And listed on transfer market anyway, another centre-half was Osazia Yuragidi, who moved to Amiens in France for an undisclosed free fee. Um, so we'll look at these individually first, the ones we've signed. So Mike Navrosky um, played a couple of games, but is, is unfortunately injured at the moment. What's been your impression of him um, early in his early in his Celtic career? I like what I've seen so far on Narodsky. Um He's, he's very comfortable on the ball. He's very, very two-footed as well, which is, is a bonus. So I think he was going to be the number one sort of to replace Starfelt, right? And Lagerbielke would sit in behind him and sort of compliment the squad. But he's just been unlucky to pick up that injury straight away. He, haven't, he hasn't really had a chance to sort of bed in properly or form a sort of relationship with CCB, which I'm hoping that he'll be able to do because he... Like I say, if you've got a two-footed centre-half, having someone who can play with his left foot playing at a left centre-half is something that we've kind of been missing for the balance that's in, in, in defence. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been injured at really the, exactly the wrong time, but, you know, I guess these things happen in football and for it to happen at the same time as Kevin and Carter Vickers, um, it's pretty poor because I'm quite sure that was the intention to, to pair the two of them together for the Champions League. Um, so Gustav Lagerbielka, um, I think it's fair to say he had a bit of a torrid time of it at Ibrox last week. Um, had a had made a few sort of mistakes, got caught in the ball for the got caught in possession for for the Rangers goal, rightly disallowed. Um, but what, what's your impression of him? Do you think he needs a bit more time to settle into the role? I he's he's quite young, and you can see he's he's a bit green when it comes to it. Like so. I think he will need a bit more time. And I think, like I said earlier, he will be the, the third choice that will sort of complement if, if one of them suspended or injured, that he will be the one that will step up to take their place. And maybe get a, like if somebody's tiring through the game, he would come on for them. But he seems, he's another player who seems like he, he seems comfortable enough on the ball. I mean, he got caught in possession in the game, but he does seem comfortable enough in possession. He likes his passing stats were quite good. I think his longer passes are a bit off. But his short passes are pretty accurate on that. So I think he's got promise. Like he's got he definitely got a prospect there. Like I know we shouldn't use that word prospect. Like, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think I think there's a project. That's the one. I I think there's there's potential there in him, mate. But I think he he might take a little longer to bed in than than Marowski will. Like. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I mean, he was away with the Sweden international squad. Uh, he is away with the Sweden international squad this week. I noticed in their game on the weekend, he didn't, I can't remember who they were playing now, but he didn't, he wasn't on the bench and he wasn't in the squads, the match day squad. So he's obviously just there for experience. Um, but, you know, if they're, they're rating him quite highly in the Sweden setup, they're a really good team. So um, I, I'm quite hopeful. Um, that, that, that he's rated highly enough that he will make an impact in the future and he's not alone signing we've got him on a permanent deal like Navrotsky so you know they, these guys are here for a duration um, so we, we just need to hope that they um, that they hit the ground running when we get some sort of partnership for him and I do agree with you I think Lagerbielka will be the third choice um, centre half although you know Cameron Carter-Vickers you know he's had a few injuries recently and um, we can always 
it, we can almost expect some bids for him next summer as well. So you never know um, what's going to be planned for these two. Um, next up, Nat Phillips, centre-half, brought in as a kind of emergency loan uh, from Liverpool. 26 years old, uh, good experience across the EPL, the Bundesliga and in the Champions League. Um, what are you hoping to see from Nat Phillips? bit disappointing that he wasn't fit to, to play at Ibrooks, but now that we won the game, probably the correct decision. What, what are you hoping for from him? I'm hoping he's going to be the Champions League ready sort of defender that we kind of think he will be. Like um, He's a no-nonsense defender. I think Arden and the squad will give decent cover at positions. Like, I think that the move was forced when um, CCV was injured. So like I say he's got that no-nonsense style. He's really highly rated by the Liverpool fans. If you listen, if you listen to any of their fans, they rave about him. Like, you know, they, they, they say he'd push his own nan out the way to get to header. Like, so. He had a man-of-the-match performance in the Champions League. I can't remember was it against Milan or Leipzig, but he's got experience, so... I think he'll come in straight away and he'll be the first choice that will go in there and it'll be him and Lagerbielka, all right, and Tom Narowski and CCV are back and then, then it's a dogfight for who's going to be who. See, that, that's interesting, isn't it, that you, that you think he'll be paired with Lagerbielka? Do you think there's any chance they'll pair him with Scales? I think... Um, I think Scales might get a game for a couple of weeks. I think they might give Lagerbielka a chance to breathe because, like I said um, last week, it is a, it's been a big move. It's been a bit of a whirlwind for the boy. and He's only 23. He might just need a chance to just take stock of his surroundings. Like. But I think it probably will be Lagerbielka going forward. But I think Scales might get a game against Andy at the weekend. So. Last game before we play final, though. So, uh, true enough. If he's so, going to play in the Champions League, you, you, you'd be yeah. wanting them to get... 90 minutes together before you throw yeah. them into that game. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Um, so, obviously, we lost Carl, Carl Starfelt, who went to Celta de Vigo uh, for 5 million euros. What's your take on that transfer? But bit too cheap. I think 5 million is, is, is 3 or 4 million less than I would have accepted for him. But uh, it seems to me that he's negotiated with the board that he would get an easy exit. So, it's not one I wanted to see go because him and um, CCV have a really, really good understanding with each other. And yeah, he had flaws, but overall, he, he could attack that ball better than any other defender in the league. Like, And I was really looking forward to seeing him and CCV put themselves into the Champions League together to see because they, they didn't really get a run of it last season and that probably cost us points. So, yeah, I'm disappointed to see him go and just wish him all the best, but I think we could have got a bit more money from in the deal, right? Mm. Yeah, I know he, he was interviewed the other day there and he, he was sort of playing down the, the aspect he was moving to be closer to Jacinta and he was sort of playing up the 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 notion that he wanted to play in um, La Liga um, and he was very good against Real Madrid um, a couple of games ago. So, you know, I mean, I think that's something that's been lost in all of this as he has moved to a top five league. Um, yeah. Although not to not to one of the top teams in a top five league, and he will be playing some of the best players in the world on a weekly basis. So, I think you know the the sort of sympathy aspect of this. I mean, we're a business, um, and, and I think we should have held out for more money. Um, I understand you want to you want to let players go when the time is right, but there is a balance to be struck here, uh, and we can't be seen as a pushover. You know, the first time a player fancies a move, then we have to say, yes, you can go. 
regardless yeah. of the transfer fee. And I agree with you. I'd have been looking for nine or ten million for Starfield because again, he's a full Swedish international. Yeah, he's twenty eight, which is not a great age to be selling. But um, you know, I think um, I think that he, that was undersold. Um, so in general, general terms, how are you feeling about a centre half uh, combinations moving forward? Assuming that everybody's fit, you think we're stronger? I think um, I don't know if we're stronger, but I don't think we're any weaker. To be honest, I, okay, we're weaker with injuries at the moment, but um, I I'm happy enough that Starfield has gone and they've made the moves to replace him, and they seem to have made the right moves to replace him because I think Narowski will be a good player, and it. it the Lager Bielka, I think it's Starfelt's agent who negotiated the deal to get him to La Liga, is the same agent that's taken Lager Bielka over here. So, and as you say, he's highly rated. He's highly rated in Sweden, and he's in he's in and around the Sweden squad already at twenty three years of age. So there's something there too. So I'm happy enough with the centre half position once we get all our players back fit. Maybe move. I would maybe cut my losses and move them. Um, Kobayashi on and then in January if all our players come back fifth wish Liam Scales all the best and give him a transfer out to wherever he wants to go yeah like I think what might save Liam Scales is the fact that he can play at left back as well and we'll move on yeah. to that shortly but um, um, what, what you exp- would you be hoping to make the deal for Nat Phillips permanent at Christmas time I know we haven't actually seen him yet but um, would that be something that interests you he wouldn't come cheap um, and we'd have, probably have to break our transfer record, but would you be interested in doing that deal? Yeah, I think um, I've got high hopes for this this guy. So I would, I would, um, I would look to sign him because, as you said earlier, I think when come come um, next season, we might not have CCV in the squad because he, I think he will be one of the ones that will be will be sought after quite highly. So I, yeah. I, I would, I would come January when the deals. Um, I don't think we have a, a clause to buy, but if we look to extend his deal to the end of the season, I would say, look, can we get a clause in there, an option to buy at the end of the season, and then see what sort of price? Or if they're looking for over ten million, it might be a bit, it might be a bit of a push. But if they're looking for like seven or eight, then yeah, you would look to take him on board. Like, yeah, I mean, I think um, the word from Liverpool was it was a few teams interested in buying him in the summer, but it was they were looking for around about the ten million mark. Um, and that was too much for, for for other teams to pay. So, yeah, I think there'd probably be a deal to be done there, maybe around the seven eight mark. But you know, yeah. Celtic haven't shown any great desire to to shop at that market. But no. you know, I think you know if you had if you went in the next summer with four centre halves of Navrotsky, Lagabielka, Phillips, and Cameron Carter Vickers, it would make you a lot more comfortable about selling CCV if the right yeah, offer okay. came in. Um, so that that would be. Very un Celtic like, like preparing for 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 something yeah. some guy to be sold. Um, okay, so well, we're not too unhappy with the with the the centre half position, albeit you know we think Carol Starfelt was a bit undersold. So we'll now move to the fullbacks, um, and the ins and outs in the fullbacks are, will be fairly quick to go through because we didn't bring any new fullbacks in, and um, the only guy that went out was Adam Montgomery who um, went to Fleetwood Town on loan, I think, for the year. Um, I'm not sure if that was till Christmas or for the full year. So, another, again, another contentious one, this, because many people thought 
I felt we really needed to strengthen at left back, especially, but we didn't end up getting anything over the line. What's your feelings on this one? I left back is um, serious concern to me. I, I, I just said all along. I'm not too sure about Burnaby. I, I think going forward he's okay, but defensively he he's just all over the place. Like you've seen it at Ibrox. There's a few times and you just say, "Hang on, Burnaby, that's your man. He's going round you. He's, he's on the overlap and." He was kind of sort of doesn't realise what was happening around him. So I have no, I don't really have much confidence in him. And Greg Taylor, but I really thought Greg Taylor was one of our better players last season. But his his form has just nosedive. It's just fallen off a cliff. So left back is a serious concern at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll just jump jump ahead a little bit here to some of the guys who have resigned on new contracts. And one of these guys is a, a young 17-year-old boy called Mitchell Frame, um, who is a left-back and is very highly rated member of the youth team. Um, just playing devil's advocate here, if if he was going to get introduced into the team and we had high hopes for him, um, would you be happy enough uh, not to have signed a left-back if he sort of moves up the pecking order? No, because I still think, even with him moving up the pecking order and Greg Taylor's dropping form, I still think we will need somebody who's first team ready because we don't know how Mitchell Frame will 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 pan out. He might turn out to be world class, you know. I mean, he might turn out to be the next kid in Tierney, like. But there's no guarantees on that. So for now, I would still be saying to myself, we, we need a we need a left back, and we probably need to move one of the two that's there already on to allow that to happen. Yeah, I think the thing about Mitchell Frame is. Um, the, the, the sort of pattern up to now is our, our most highly rated players have been leaving to go to either uh, English academies or academies on the continent. Um, now, the fact that he's re-signed and extended yeah. his contract suggests to me that he has been promised something, um, mm. at least a shot at a first-team place. Otherwise, he would have moved on. Um, they had plenty of offers, according to reports. Um, but I think he's probably been promised something. Now, whether that's this season or next season uh, remains to be seen. And I absolutely share your concerns about Burnaby. He was, um, he was defensively, he was terrible against Rangers. And he looked as if he was lacking in a bit of commitment at times. He just yeah. looked as if he was just, um, you know, just letting the, the flow of the game pass him by. And as yeah. usual, he had a couple of really good bursts forward. Um, including a, a, a decent running cross, which set up a really good chance for O. But um, defensively, he's terrible. And and then even against like running a mill SBL teams, he gets rinsed by wingers all the time. Um, and and it's, he, he's not good enough defensively for me. And I agree. I think we should be moving him on. I don't see really see any chance. No. I don't see enough improvement in his game uh, unless Brendan can work a miracle on him. So. Yeah, I think we can safely say that we're um, we're very disappointed that we didn't sign a left back. Um, there was some uh, rumours going about that we tried to get one from England on deadline day, uh, but we couldn't get a deal done on wages. So you know whether that's something that will that will wait till January, um, and and have some impact again. You know if we have a really good left back, but we can only get him in January. I guess you've got to trust the club's judgment on that. But um, it is disappointing at the moment, uh, and I feel as if. Um, when the Champions League starts next week, we're going to regret this definitely. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so too. Because, like I say, I'm serious concerned about them. Greg Taylor's form. You look at some of the passing he was putting in at Ibrox; it was just straight out of the park. 
can't be yeah. doing that in professional football. I mean, Mitchell Frame, the opportunities there for him. I mean, that boy can see it himself. Maybe that's why he signed a new deal. He's just looked at the situation now and gone, hang on a second here. There's a massive opening here if I want to take my chance. And it's there for him if he wants to grab it, like. Yeah. Yeah, and out we saw um, Adam Montgomery, um, a guy who did see a bit of game time under Ange um, last year, going on loan to Fleetwood Town. Might be regretting that now that he's got a new manager and <laughs> the new manager. Come on up the zoo. I'm gonna I'm gonna train you in your fitness. I'm gonna get some lions to chase you around. Oh, yeah, okay, mate. Like, <laughs> get you in your Giacomo jacket to hell. <laughs> so he's um. I mean, Adam got. He was alone last year. Was it the Johnson? He was in work last ah, year. He did all right out there. Actually, I think he, he did all right there. You know, yeah. and he's another one there. You know, I'm surprised that um he did go out on loan. Because we have got a shortage of left, or good left back. So yeah, um, fair play. I hope he gets some good. Games. I hope he gets a, a decent amount of game time down there, and um, comes back up next summer or Christmas, whatever it is. Um, a better player, because um, he, you know, he was a good prospect. Yeah, I hope so too. Right, just a pity Bruni's not there anymore. It's sort of guiding through. Yeah, I know. That's it. I guess that's the savage, isn't it? A really good season last year at Fleetwood. Bad start ah, the season and you're rinsed. Yeah. Yeah, you know, within a few it. weeks. Ha. All right, uh, we'll step forward into central midfield. Um, and then we saw Ogan Tia- Odin Tiago home, uh, a 20-year-old from Valerenga for €3 million. Euros. We had QQ Kwon from uh, Busan. Uh, in the K League second division, 22 years old for 1 million euros. Uh, we made our deal for Tomoki Iwata permanent from Yokohama Marinos. Uh, the transfer fee was round about round about a million euros, give or take. And we brought in Paulo Bernardo late in the window from Benfica on a loan with an option to buy 21 year old central midfielder. Out the door, we saw a couple of old faces. Um, it's merely a sorrow, a guy who many of us would had, would have swore that he'd left years ago. Uh, went to Baitar Jerusalem on a free. Uh, Liam Shaw went to Wigan Athletic on loan, another weird one. And uh, Aaron Moy um, retired from football due to some back injuries. So, what's your feeling about how we are how we're placed in, in central midfield, both attacking and defending? Because I haven't. I haven't divided them into attacking midfielders or defensive midfielders because I think a few of them there are interchangeable. So yeah. how do you feel what we're set up there? I think we're top heavy in that department now, if I'm honest. Um, Holm and Bernardo will be sort of that, but they'll vie out for that third position. I think O'Reilly and, and McGregor are stick-ons. That two places are, are fixed in. And sort of Holm and Bernardo will sort of be the backup rotational players. And it'll sort of be between Hatati and O'Reilly, which ones will come in and out. But I think O'Reilly and on Carmack are the first picks. So between the f- between the five of them, I think you'll get a decent seat, de- decent season out of them. Iwata, well, he seems to be on his way out. I would say, um, unless he can change Brendan Rodgers' mind, which I think will be unlikely. But he just needs to put his head down and get working. But for some reason, Brendan Rodgers doesn't rate him, and I can't understand it because what I've seen so far, um, he he's looked okay. And he's he's gone into that sort of role where he's he's getting played out of position, you know. 
I said it a couple of weeks ago, like Vidar Rizeth was the same. He was a central midfielder. He just got played all over the pitch. He never actually got to play centre midfield. He was always left back, left wing, right back, centre half. He was never in his right position and you never got to see him do what he, he could really do. And Tomoki Awata seems to be falling into that category. The Quan signing one, just, I don't know, it just doesn't really make sense to me. Um, we've already got Awata, Kalmak in that sort of position. and I just think it's an, another player that we didn't really need. They just sort of looked at him, oh, he's a prospect, we'll, we'll bring him in. So, yeah, I, I say we're top heavy, but I'm kind of hopeful that Bernardo... One that I'd like, I'd really like to see what this boy can offer because you know what happens with it. You know what we can see coming through the Benfica youth ranks. Like it's, it's, a, it's an amazing talent pool they have there. So, yeah, he was another one that played um, played for the under twenty one Portuguese side um, on the weekend there against Andorra in a seven 0 win. Um, so, yeah, he's obviously rated highly in that setup. So we've got high hopes for him. Uh, and I definitely think there's a place there for him. Um, n- notably absent from the re-signing uh, list was David Turnbull, um, and Brendan was kind of talking about him uh, way back in the, in the off-season, and he was talking about you know whether he gets a new deal or not is really down to him. Probably think he sealed his own fate there uh, with a with, with his sort of really lackluster performances in the first few weeks. Do you think? Do you think yeah. that's fair? I think so. I mean, I, I would cut my losses. I wouldn't be off. I wouldn't be in a rush to offer him a new deal. I'd be, I mean, he had a, the opening day against Ross County. He played pretty well. He he could have had a hat trick. And then we had a tough game against Aberdeen where they they really tried to press us hard and press us high. And he went missing and he was hooked at half time. And Ibrox last weekend again. <laughs> He didn't do anything to make him stand out, you know what I mean? He just kind of, he picked up his man and kept him occupied and he was there to pick up a triangular pass here and there, but he never really did anything of noteworthy. So I I, I just kind of think we've got one of these players who who's going to be a standout for an Aberdeen or a Motherwell, but he's just not going to be good enough to make the grade with Celtic or... And he I, I don't know if he would make it in the English Championship either. Like, I think he, he is an SPL standard player, a really good SPL standard player, but I think that's a bit of his ceiling. Yeah, my issue with Turnbull is he's uh, he's never improved for me. He's never improved the weaknesses in his game from the day he signed, um, and that that just that to me speaks volumes about him. I just don't think he's he's put the the work or the time in. Um, yeah. He doesn't look fitter. He doesn't look faster. Um, his decision making doesn't seem to be up to scratch. It seems to take yeah. too long to make a decision. Um, he can't play in the half turn, and he's really one footed. So, um, and I don't see a future from him for him in that midfield anyway. Um, and I do agree with you though that the the Quan signing is is a bit of a head scratcher. Um, made a couple of appearances pre season, one in particular against Bilbao where it looked as if he'd only recently been introduced to the game of association football. Um, mm. it, it just looked like a fish out of water there. Um, and yet, you know, it's not really surprising, given he came from the, the second division in Korea. Um, and mm. I think this is just one example of a signing for a signing sake, uh, because he's he's profiled well in some database. Um, mm. And I don't see him, I just don't see him ever uh, getting enough game time to justify his transfer. So a weird one for me. 
I don't. I mean, is it? Did they buy him just to say, right, we'll make up numbers, we'll get a couple other South Koreans, so there's company there for them, you know, so they don't get alone there, or else it's somebody to talk to in the training pitch or whatever. Like, I don't know. It just so they can all gather. They can all gather together and eat kimchi together. Ah, uh, that's it. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Uh, quickly on Turnbull, um, players like Rogic and Aaron Moy didn't have the same. Same pace as other midfielders, but they had the in-game intelligence to make that space for themselves. David Turnbull can't do that, like you know what I mean. And he's he, he's just, I uh, I think it's time for him to be moved on. But I again, Quan, strange decision, right? Yeah. So overall, um, are we happy with how we're, we're sitting in cent- central midfield? Um, yeah. Moving forward, if you know, given it, although we do look to be a little bit top heavy there. Uh, but we have got plenty of options. Yeah, I think so. I mean, o- Odenholm has a bit of dig about him. Bernardo, well, remains to be seen what's going to come there. And um, we already know what we can get out of Hattati, O'Reilly and, and McGregor. So I'm comfortable enough going forward with that midfield. Like, yeah. yeah, I hope we see uh, Bernardo get some minutes on the weekend against yeah. Dundee. That would be that would be good. I don't think he'll start the game, but if he could get off the bench for maybe the last half an hour or something, it would be good. He's obviously match fit if he's playing for the mm-hmm. Portugal under-21. So, um, just quickly on the outs, happy to see the back of Ismail- Ismaili Asoro. I'll miss Ismaili. He's not a big smile. Then He's just going to this tackle, just completely mistimed it, getting booked, and he just gets up and he smiles and he runs off. And that, like, the Liam Shaw one, that was just that was just a waste of time. There's another one that's just like, Why? Why are we bothering you? Who's it? Came William Urigidi, was it? Yeah, and Shaw both came from Sheffield from Wednesday. Sheffield. It's just like, why? You know what I mean? What was the point in that? Like, you know what I mean? How much yeah, have you spent yeah. on their wages and on the transfer fee? It just didn't make sense. Like, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's my it's my Lea Soro. Really enjoyed playing the game of football and really quite enjoyed yeah. being crap at the game of football. So um, <laughs> yeah. and really didn't see me bother him at all that he was ter- nah. a terrible footballer. So fair play to him. Um let's hope and he's only twenty-five, so he's got many yeah. more years ahead of him. Many more years and many big smiles. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Many more bookings to come, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll uh, move forward to the front line and we'll start by looking at the wingers. Now, again, we've kind of mixed them up uh, between left and right because most of the wingers we've got are, are interchangeable. Um, so in we brought uh, Lewis Palma um, from Aris Thessalonica, who's 23 years old and cost us 4.75 million euros. Uh, we brought in Hyun Jun Yang uh, from Gang One FC in South Korea, who's 21 and uh, cost us two and a half million euros. We brought in Marco Tilio from uh, Melbourne City here in Australia, who's 21 years old and cost us 1.75 million euros, which is an A-League record. And uh, we had Mikey Johnson, um, who's 24, returning from loan from Vittoria Guimares. Um, moving out the revolving door uh, was Jota, who went to Al Ittihad in Saudi Arabia in the most bizarre deal of the century, uh, and a deal worth 20, 29.1 million euros uh, and apparently he's been left out of the squad for the upcoming season so if you can work that one out you're a better man than me um, but just briefly uh, well just let, let's just talk about the, the players we have signed um, who are you most excited about seeing there uh, and is there anyone you've got a, kind of concerns about 
I'm excited to see uh, what Palmer can offer. I mean, obviously, we've all watched the YouTube reels, and he looks pretty good. He can take a set piece. He can play anywhere across the front three. He likes to drop deep, pick up the ball, so he can carry the ball as well. So I'm excited to see what he can offer. Um, we've seen what Yang can do. We, we know Yang can – he likes to get the ball, get, get the ball down and run at his man, take him on and get the crosses in. So – I've high hopes for him too, but Tilio is another one. I'm really interested to see what this guy can do because I've like again, it's all down to YouTube reels. That's all I've seen. Um, but he looks like another guy who'll stand his man up and try and take him on and get to the byline. And he's another guy who can play across anywhere, anywhere across the sort of front three. So we seem to be well complimented in there. Yeah, I mean. Tilio, I think, is a good player. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm an avid watcher of the A-League, but I do catch the odd game from time to time, and he, and he, he does look quite good and quite um, quite a aggressive attacking uh, right winger um, who likes to take his man on, likes to get in the box and likes to get on the end of things. My only concern here is, again, I think, we, I think we're a little bit top-heavy again uh, because we've also got a badder there who's also got his deal extended. Um, for for an extra couple of years, and we, on the on the left we've got uh, Maida, uh, and we've also got Rocco Vata and James Forrest. Um, now James Forrest, a guy who you you I mean God love him, and he's been a great servant to Celtic. But you don't want to see James Forrest getting too many minutes. I think that's a, a sort of a good barometer of how bad Celtic season's going uh, if James Forrest is getting a lot of minutes. So. You want him to be around the place, but, but I don't want to see him playing very much. And um, I, I worry a bit about Marco Tilio uh, because when's he going to get game time? Do you know what I mean? He, he, he needs to play minutes um, in order to, to show people what he can do. And at the moment, he, he's injured. He seems to have been injured for a really long time. Um, and and, and there's no, it doesn't seem to be any prospect of him being fit yet. I haven't heard anything coming out of the club apart from some sort of vague notion of sometime in September. But I don't know whether that's when he's going to be back in full training or, or whether he's going to be fit or not. We haven't heard too much about that. So do you think um, we've maybe overextended ourselves in that position? Um, I don't know, because it's the sort of position your wingers, the ones that are normally subbed are wingers. You know what I mean? There's always game time there for wingers to come on to. Like, well, but you look at Abada, Abada's out injured now, so there's a space on the right already. So who's Yang's the next one up? So that if if um, Tilio's fit, there might be a place on the bench for him. And if Yang tires or Yang can't get a grip of the game against Dundee or an away day at Livingston, you know what I mean? There could be a chance for Tilio to get some game time. I do think he will get some game time, Mike. But um, I, I think we're well complimented position and I think we've got a sort of variety of players there but you are right we are a little bit top heavy and, and the players who you would say you wouldn't be getting any game time are sort of Mikey Johnson and uh, James Forrest so yeah I'm happy enough at the moment so I'm quite excited to see what like I say what Lewis Palmer can do and until you can do so whether they can do it in the Champions League level two is another matter. So we're, we're going to find out soon enough. And what do you reckon about um, the, the Rocco Vata situation? Um, and this is a weird one for me because, you know, it seems as if he's not in the picture at all. 
uh, given the fact we've signed two players, Yang and Tilio, in the in the position that he plays, and he's already got a bad idea as well in front of him. So he's now fourth choice uh, for a for a right wing position, and he was by all accounts looking to exit the club um, over the summer, but the club have knocked back a couple of offers for him. Um, and I want them to sign a new deal if reports are to be believed. So what what do you think behind that? It's a bit of a head scratcher, isn't it? Uh, it's a bit of a strange situation because he does. Uh, it looks to me as if he wants to go away, but the club don't want him to go. But he, what are they going to do? They're going to say, here, here, sign a new deal on the way back down to the Lowland League and play football against a brickie who's going to start throwing heavy tackles in at your knee. You know what I mean? It's... I can understand why the boy doesn't want this. If he's not gonna if he's sitting there watching Celtic go out in the in 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 the transfer window and needing a goalkeeper and a left back and then going out and signing one, two, three, four wingers, like you know what I mean? It, it, it's and then it, he's getting sent back out to the Lowland League. You can understand why he's a bit hesitant in signing a new deal like so. Uh, I feel sorry for the boy in, in that regard, but football's a tough business, like. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I, I, I could, if I was his parent or his agent or something, I'd be, I'd be absolutely um, trying to engineer a move out of the club. Uh, I just don't think it's fair to be asking. I mean, he, he played a few times last season off the bench, and he looked okay to me. Um, he, again, another guy he stood his winger up a few, t- stood his, stood the fullback up a few times and got past him. Uh, mm-hmm. Had a couple of decent crosses into the box. Can't remember who we were playing. I think it been sitting there. Um, and it, and it, it looked it looked okay. It looked as if he was somebody who could uh, be challenging for a space there. But now he's finding himself back down there playing against civil service strollers on a oh. Saturday afternoon. Now the boy's got a career to think about, um, and unless Brendan's got something in mind for him in terms of I don't know through the middle um, as a striker or something, he has that has been mentioned that they, they, they might fancy him as more of an out and out striker. But um, it's a strange one to me why they would knock back any sort of money for him, particularly since he's out, he's out of contract next summer, so he can walk away for nothing at the end of the season, and um, and and he doesn't seem to be in the plans at the moment. Um, just touching quickly on the Jota situation, do you have any idea what's going on there? Not a clue. Not a clue. I mean. He's had what two or three games, and he's actually scored when he's played. So the goal, yeah, and it's a good goal too. He's cut in from the wing, got just yep. belted it right past the keeper. So I just don't understand it. I, I did. I mean, the rumor was they wanted um, Mo Salah, and they're only allowed eight European players in the team, and they had the full complement. So they were like, "Who are we going to jettison?" And they're like, oh, we'll just jettison him. But I just don't understand this. I mean, here's an extremely talented footballer. They've they've gone out and shelled twenty five million pounds on him, like, and then they just turn and go, oh, "Do you know what? I don't fancy it." Like, are we going to hang around their house? Like, yeah, they might turn up with a Bugatti. Like, oh, I don't like this one here. You can have it. Like, oh, you drive off. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what do they do with them now? Though, what happens? Does it? Do they? Um, you know, do they? Do they? Pay out his contract and let him leave on a free, or do they just leave him sitting in his hotel picking up money? Or do you know what I mean? It's, it's just the weirdest thing. 190 grand a week he's on. It's not like he's on small money, it's not like he's on like SPL style wages or anything like that. He's, he's on 190 grand a week, guy. Like. Yeah, but yeah, right, we don't want you here. Here's your five years worth 190 grand a week. Uh, see you later. You've got a free transfer, like. 
win one. If that happens. <laughs> then that's the jackpot. That's a lottery one. But yeah. that, I mean, it can't be right that the, the clubs are, are capable, are able to do that though. To just nah. sign players without any intention of playing for them. That that has to be bad for the game. I mean, I'm not yeah. one for you know. We've all got our opinions on the, on the Saudi regime and, and a lot of the other Middle Eastern regimes um, in terms of their human rights. But just from a purely footballing sense, you know that that can't be right. We can't allow that to happen. No. Where's the FIFA financial fair play when that comes in? You know what I mean? You're they just going, oh, hi, they, they filled their pockets. We'll just turn a blind eye to all this. What's going on over there right now? Because there's no way that El Etihad are bringing in the kind of money from their own revenue, from sponsorship deals and what have you, to cover all that sort of cost. That's just a rich man putting his hand in his pocket and just like Brooke Nielsen did with Gretna Green, just funded it all himself. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe maybe on a slightly different scale. <laughs> I, uh, a grand scale, right? But it's a kind of similar thing, right? Once Brooke well, Nielsen... Fair play, uh, play, uh, play, uh, play to get it. No, they came up through the leagues quicker than Rangers did. <laughs> That's true. They, uh, took one, they took one less season than, than Sevco to get into the top league. So. Uh, disappeared <laughs> uh, faster so, too. <laughs> that's right, yeah. They were, they were long there. It was good while it lasted, though. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll draw the line under the wingers then. We'll move up to the centre-forward uh, position. Uh, another one where we didn't bring anyone in, uh, but the most significant move of the summer was finally managing to shift Albion Ayeti, uh, who moved to Gaziantep FK uh, in the Superliga in Turkey for €585,000. Now, to me, that's a great bit of business for us to get anything for Albion a Yeti with a Yeti going his contract uh, on, on being on such big wages um, to get any money for him was brilliant. But um, just talking about, disappointed we didn't bring a centre forward in. Oh, very disappointed we didn't get another centre forward in. Um, it's a position we're really light on is natural finishers. So Kyogo was a class act, but we're, we are way too heavily reliant on him. And you can see after 60 minutes in the game, because he, the way he buzzes about the pitch after 60, 70 minutes, he, he's burst out, you know what I mean? His energy levels is, that he uses, it's just gone. We all know he's, he's needing surgery on his shoulder and he's one fall away from being out injured. Like So, I mean, O's young, he's full of energy, but I'm afraid his, his decision-making has left me more than perplexed on a few occasions. I'm not so sure that... Um, if that injury did happen to to Kyogo, that that O would be the one to lead the line there. Like he's always looking to get into a physical battle more often than not. Like, and I'm not sure if he can be sort of the the, the one to be the number one striker for any sort of sustained period of time. Like, we have a lot of wingers there, but that could go up, push up, and play in the front position. But they they will lack that natural striker's predatory instinct in the box. Like so. Um, yeah, it's a position I would be worried about. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I was quite excited um, by the link with the uh, Sydney Van Hooydonk. Um, mm. To me, he profiled very similar to um, to uh, Gigi Jackamakis, um, and yeah. I think never really replaced what Jackamakis brought to the team. And that he was a guy who basically guaranteed you goals when he came on. Um, and again, he had flaws in his game for sure, um, but guaranteed he was going to get on the score sheet. Um, 
And I think Cine Van Hoydonk maybe have been quite similar to, to him. So I was quite disappointed that one didn't happen. Um, a lot of the sort of in the nose um, in the Celtic podcasting world are suggesting that there has been a deal done uh, for Matthias Kvitskarden from Bronby and they just couldn't get it done in time for the window closing, but that will be done on the 1st of January um, as soon as the window opens. So, yeah, I, I'm not really sure about him. His goal-scoring record's not magnificent, although he is highly rated in, in Denmark. So, would you would you be happy we waiting wait until January for him? Um, I think we've no choice in the matter, but I do think we need something slightly different up there. For I mean, even just to, if the dynamics of the game isn't going our way, we can't really change it because we've often said that. Um, oh, I know he likes getting a physical battle, but he, he he's into that sort of finishing area where he's he's very similar positions. He'll take up to Kyogo inside the box and that. But he's, oh, okay, Kyogo's trying to adapt his game at the moment to try and come a bit deeper and that, but. We just lack that that something different, you know what I mean? I don't know how if I don't know how to put it into words, like but I we just we are lacking something up front and I just can't quite sort of describe what it is, what we need. It's just something different to what yeah, I think, I think I think there's daylight in terms of quality between Kyogo and O and we need someone to fill that gap in quality between yeah. those two. I mean you're gonna be struggling to sign a player as good as Kyogo. He's on track to be one of our best strikers in in, in the modern era, um, yeah. but I think we could have made more of an attempt to to get someone who's a little bit closer in quality than what O is. Um, and I, I thought O was pretty pretty brutal when he came on against Rangers. Um, he, he butchered a couple of sort of chances. Um, and I, you're right, it looks as if he, he's looking for defenders to back into, you know, rather than try to get any space. Um, yeah. It seems as if he, he's sort of Try to big up this image of him as a physical centre forward. Yeah. When, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that's his game, to be honest. Um, and he certainly there's a lot more development he's going to have to get before before he be able to challenge Kyogo for a starting spot. Um, and what do you reckon about the notion that, that it's been floated that that uh, Maeda is now the backup striker? Um. I mean, he plays that position for Japan, and it's a different style of football he'll be playing to what we what we play when he's playing for Japan. But um, I don't, I, I don't think he has the predatory skills to play up front. We've seen some of his shooting coming off of late, and it's it's not been great. I mean, he'll certainly keep defenders busy by moving around with that sort of perpetual motion that him and Kyogo both possess, but. I'm not so confident that him playing in the central strikers role, right? Yeah, I think we were on the same podcast where we discussed this, weren't we? And I was, I was saying, making the point that he's okay in a certain type of game where you're not yeah. going to have much possession of the ball. For instance, maybe a Champions League away game, a pot one or a pot two team. Um, but that's where it starts and finishes for me. Um, I don't think he's got the first touch and I don't think he's got the instinctive finish to be a, a, a centre-forward yeah. in, a, in a team that's playing against a low block um, yeah. 75% of the time. So not for me at all. Um, now, unless there's something there in terms of, as we mentioned, like Rocco Vata or something like that. I know Abada's been played through the middle a couple of times as well. So we, we might be resorting to something like that. And maybe Brendan's working on something on the on the training ground. But I think 
all in all, we've got to be quite disappointed with the the business that we've done in that position. Would you agree with that? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm quite disappointed. And like I say, we just need that um, third striker up there who offers something a little bit different to what the other two have. Um, we didn't go out and get that. And I think Sydney Van Hooydonk, like you say, Sydney Van Hooydonk could have done that. Fitzgarden might be the answer, but um, again, January's going to roll around, and we're going to have. If we don't get somebody in in January, that Asia Cup's going to come round, and we're going to have Mikey Johnson playing up front because we all our, all our strikers and wingers will be away to Asia, like so the Asia Cups. It's a terrifying thought, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it like? <laughs> so yeah, um, so I, I missed. I neglected one other outgoing uh, Johnny Kenny, um, our 24, 20 year old centre forward departed on loan again uh, for Shamrock Rovers. Um, which is, I think, the team we got from in the first place. So um haven't seen anything of him. The fact that they're putting him around on loan, he's 20, you know, he, he's at an age where he should be, you know, developing into a first-team player. So I uh-huh. think he's one that's probably just going to get shuffled around until he can yeah. find a permanent move somewhere. Seems to be the problem. They get too good for the the, the, the lowland league and then they get put out on loan and then they come back and then, well, we're nothing in the first-team view. You can go to the lowland league or you can go out on loan again. It's just... It's not fair on them, and it's not fair on. Right, it's just not fair on them. I'm going to say it's not fair on them. It's not fair on us, but it's just not fair on them. Right? Yeah, yeah, you've got to let a boy build a career somewhere at some level yeah. um, of football. So I think he's probably a League of Ireland level striker, uh, and that's probably where he's going to end up. So hopefully, by the time he comes back from that loan, he can make something happen on a permanent basis. Hmm. Okay, so that's uh, that's the team. Uh, we moved through the whole team. We'll just talk briefly about the contract extensions that we dished out. Um, so we had Callum McGregor. We gave him a new five-year deal um, to, through to 2028. Uh, Daisy Maida, we've extended to 2027. Kyogo Furuhashi, we've also extended to 2027. Uh, Mitchell Frame, extended to 2026 that we mentioned before. Boson Laval, um, centre-half, was extended to 2026, then promptly sent out on loan. Did he go to Fleetwood as well? Ah, he's at yeah. Fleetwood, uh, yeah. Okay, so he's he's away down there to Fleetwood. And uh, Leela Bada was also extended to 2027. So, decent bit of business here, I think. Um, anything there that, that, that sort of caught your eye or raised your eyebrows? Nah, not really. I think they all sort of make sense, to be honest. Like we've seen what they can all do. So, yeah, Mitchell Frames the one that sort of stands out there because I didn't, really, I wasn't really aware of the boy. And but it's good to see that they're giving the youth a chance. Like so, nah, reasonably happy with all that. Like Matt O'Reilly next, so that'll do for me and Hatati. Be really happy. Yeah, really, and Hatati. We get good to get them tied down. And um, for me, the the five year deal for Callum McGregor. Um, is a bit of a bit of a red flag for me uh, for a guy who's turning thirty that turns thirty this year or is thirty already. Um, that that deal takes him through to when he's thirty five, um, and I think at some point over the next five years there is going to be a drop off. Um, now there are people who would tell you you can see it already. Uh, although he did play really well at Ibrox and, and and you know proved some of the doubters wrong, um, but. Would you be concerned with the length of that deal? Um, it is, I, 
possibly, but then are they going to turn around in four years' time and say, well, look, it's in your deal that the wage might decrease a little as as you get to the twilight years of your career, you, your money might go down. But then he might have a clause in his contract to say that he's he remains a top earner as long as he's captain. I think Scott Brown had something similar in his deal. Like, so five years is a long time, but he's a good player. So, you know, I mean, if he can keep that levels of play up for five years, I'd be quite happy, but there's no guarantee on that. Like. Yeah, I mean, a very good player. He's vital to the team at the yeah. moment. Um, you just wonder, like, three years down the line, is that situation going to be the same? And I just hope yeah. they're not left with a, you know, a, a situation where they've got, he, he's on too much money and they, they, they can't move him on or he, he just wants to hang around. And, you know, and that's not that's not what you want for a player like Callum no. McGregor. You, you want him to go to the top level. So, yeah. um, so the five years seemed a bit long for me. Um, the rest of the deals... Yeah, fair enough. I think that was all decent business. Um, Abada maybe was one who I thought they would maybe think about selling. Um, you know, he, he's at a good age to sell. The talk was that he was he was looking for a move. Um, you know, if if you believe that the transfer model works, then maybe Abada would be would be a, would have made sense to sell him, given how yeah. many right wingers we have. But. You know, I'm, I'm not too disappointed to see him signing a new deal and staying around. I think there's a lot more development in him. Yeah, and he's still young. Um, Boson Laval, um, anything I've seen of this guy, he just doesn't look up to the standard required in, in any of the, the B-team games I've seen. And I don't really understand why they've given him a new deal. Um, he must show something that I don't see when, when, anytime I see him. And again, you know, I'm not the most avid watcher of of the the Celtic B team games, so maybe other people will, will contradict me here. But any time I've seen him, he just looked pretty poor. Have you, have you seen much of him? The only time I've seen him is um, he played in Australia. He did, he looked all right when he came on there. He looked comfortable enough on the ball, but you're in a friendly situation there, so you're not really you're not really getting tested. So I. Uh, I mean, if he's got promise, they they obviously see something in him in the training ground that 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 we don't see. You know what I mean? Because they've gone out and offered him the new deal, so mm-hmm. it might be another one where he just sort of kicks around the Lowland League and then he gets punted out on loan, left, right, and centre, like Johnny Kenny does. Like so, yeah. And again, you know, you don't want to see that. You know, I mean, again, we're pretty well we're pretty well sorted for centre halves at the moment. So you yeah. Know, if, if, if there's a deal would be done for him, you know, you would uh, you would hope that um you would hope that, that this something gets worked out there. All right, uh, moving on. Um what would be your overall views of the transfer window then in terms of what we've achieved? Do you think we have come out in a good place or are you left with a feeling of regret about things we didn't do? And how do you think we're placed for a, to have a crack at Europe? on the back of some of these transfers? Um, the transfer window, it was one that promised so much at the start and delivered very little, if I'm honest. Like, um, I don't think we've enhanced the squad, but I don't think we've significantly weakened it either. You take Jota, Jota's, Jota's departure aside, I think, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I think we've just kind of sidestepped into the new season. I don't think we've... we've like I said, I don't think we've strengthened. But I don't think we've significantly weakened ourselves either. Um, were the, some of the bigger signings not re- able to be done because 
Brendan wanted to run a rule over who he wanted to come in and who we had that was who we had lined up and who he wanted. So it was just on a different page and it was just too late in the day to try and get bigger deals done. Who knows? But um, I certainly have concerns about left back. I certainly have concerns that we do we are very light in the goalkeeping position and the striking position. So um, a pretty average transfer window for selling. I'd give it a six out of ten. You know what I mean? Nothing spectacular. Yeah, I think I'd probably be in agreement with with most of that, Willie. Um, I think we all had high hopes that this was going to be the window um, where we really raised the raised the level of quality in the team. You know, it's a, it's a bit of a catch for Brendan's at the moment, the quality in the team. But we really thought, yeah, you know, by the with the money we had in the bank before the window even started, we were issuing statements to the stock exchange to tell them we had more money than we previously thought. We then sell Jota for a you know almost a record fee, um, and although you know that wasn't all profit, that wasn't all straight. The, the money doesn't all come in at once, and um, we understand that it comes in in stages normally with transfers. But by the same token, the players we buy, we pay for in stages as well, so it gen- generally balances itself out. So um, I think it's been a disappointing window for me overall as well. Um, I don't think in terms of European progression we're any better positioned than we yeah. were this time last year. Um, and I don't have any high hopes for Europe at all. Um, unless Brendan can pull something out of the bag um, tactically or, or get a get a, a real tune out of one of the one of the players coming in. But it looks to me as if everyone, every player that we bought has been bought with the intention of selling on uh, at a profit. Rather than what they can contribute while they're here being the main the main objective, and, and I think that's clear. Certainly with guys like like Quan, you know, a guy who you bring in for eight hundred grand. Now he's not gonna he's not gonna raise the level of the team this season in the Champions League, and um, the same goes for Thiago Home. Looks all right, but again, you know, he's not a Champions League level player. He's not gonna make us better in that arena, and the fact that we didn't sign a left back and a goalkeeper, which cost us last year in numerous games. Sort of leads me to believe that the the club is not that invested in European success um, as what we would like them to be. Uh, Do you think that's fair? I think that's a pretty fair assessment. I think the board of directors will be looking at last weekend's results, sitting there rubbing their paws together. Oh, we don't need to do too much more spending because we are absolutely leagues ahead of these guys. And it seems to be that their their raison d'etre is to stay one step ahead of Rangers, whereas the fans are screaming out for us to progress in Europe and to to start hitting our peers and trying to get onto the onto the next level of the peer ladder. Like you know, what I mean, just the left back situation. Just you can see it the whole season. Greg Taylor's been struggling, and there just doesn't seem to be any move for a left back. Like so, ah, uh, it's concerning, but um. Hopefully in January we can look at that and, uh, and address those three positions quite early. Get the goalkeeper in, get a left back in, and get another striker in, and, and then we'll see where we go from there. But right now, it, like I say, it's a bit, um, it's a bit of a bland window. Like I say, six out of ten. If you read it in the reports in the week, nothing spectacular. Did what was needed to be done. <laughs> Could do better. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's. This thing we talk about all the time with our transfer model, 
and I'm not absolutely convinced that we understand really what it is. You know, I think any transfer model should have the intention of making the team better as its primary objective and not raising revenue from transfers. And I'm not, I think we've got that back to front at the moment. Um, I'm not sure that any transfer model should be 100% absolutist. There should be a mixture of things going on. There should always be room for signing a guys like Nat Phillips. And I know we brought a guy in like that, but it was an emergency loan. There should always be room for bringing in an experienced player, maybe 27, 28-year-old, on a, on, for a big transfer fee money you're not going to get back yeah. if that improves the team. And Ajax do it, and Benfica do it. I mean, Ajax brought Danny Blint back to the club because that's what they needed. They needed an experienced yeah. head. And it's just something we don't seem to do. We just seem to be 100% focused on this model. Would you be in agreement with that? I think so. I I mean, if you look at it, you should realistically have a leader in each each department. Have have have, have like a, a Carmen Carter Vickers, a Callum McGregor. Have the spine of the team where, where you're not interested in selling them in any way, shape, or form. And then the rest of the players around that you can bring bring in and then just like get aggressive with your player trading model. Like let them come in. Hatati's there. He, he's worth a bit of money. You could turn around and say, well. We could sell him as long as we've got another number. Fabian Ryder could come in. We could sell Hatati for twenty million, bring Ryder in for ten. We've got ten million in the bank. Um, we could go and get out and get another three or four players, like Thiago, Home, and Quan, and they all come in too. But they just they're not interested in the big signing that's going to push you to the next level and making that incremental steps through the, through the ranks of what they're going to, the, the level of player you're going to sign. They, they just look at the 18 to 20 year olds, oh yeah, he's he's doing well. That club will buy him. There's no there's no give on it, like so. Yeah, they're looking they're looking in the one to five million price range as well, and they're not looking to flip players for, for up to 20 million, um yeah. occasionally getting a little bit more than that. But you know, what 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 surprises me the most is that this attitude because every time we've spent big six million pounds and above it's been a big success for us we've never had any yeah. failures the most expensive failure we've had in recent years has been Albin Ajeti right but if you look back even all the way back to Martin O'Neill's era we paid yeah. six and a half million for Chris Sutton huge success you know yeah. we paid uh, six and a half million for Cameron Carter Vickers and Jota big successes and we paid nine million for, for Odson Edward and then uh, another big success so We've had success in that price range, uh, and it just seems to me they're always trying to find the the diamond in the mud. They're always trying to find out someone in the two to five million or one to five million price range who they're going to be able to flip for big money. And the only way, in my opinion, we're going to get closer to teams in our peer group like Benfica and Ajax. And I know we can't compete with them at the moment because their revenues are miles higher than us because they sell players for more than we do. Uh, and we have to try and get closer to them. And I thought moving into this transfer window that the club had finally realised this yeah. and we're starting to move in the right direction. But it seems not. It seems as if we're still trading water uh, yeah. and just treating anything we do in Europe as a as a bonus. Yeah. But even clubs like Young Boys or or um, the the team from uh, Belgium, I, can't, I forgot their name now, but they, they, they'll spend... T- Aye, they'll they'll spend ten million on a player. No bother at all. Oh, we need a goalkeeper, right? Oh, he's fifteen million. Oh, we'll get him, man. You know what I mean? 
They're not worried. They're not frightened to outlay the money because they know it's going to get them into the Champions League. And when they get into the Champions League, we get more money. So, but we're happy. We're happy to play. We're happy to roll the dice in qualifications. Uh, okay, we've been we've been guaranteed European football this last couple of seasons, and we'll get it next season as well. But once that's that after the season after next, we're probably going to go into qualification again. And the board are quite happy to roll the dice at that stage. You know what I mean? Oh, if we yeah. don't make it, then we're in the Europa League and we'll get a, we'll get a reasonable pot of money for that and we, we can survive on it. Like, you know what I mean? And we'll just sell a big player. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, not, not great and not what we were hoping for. Um, looking ahead quickly to the January window, what, what, what are you hoping for? Uh, hoping to see us do then? Definitely a left back, without doubt, it has to be a top priority position. I think Fitzgarden will probably come in, so the striker position is probably covered and goalkeeper. So if it's a, it's a boy from Liverpool comes in, then oh, so be it. Like, but I, I think left back and goalkeeper are high, high priority. Like, yeah, let's hope. Um... By some miracle, we're still in Europe by that time, um, and these guys that come in in January can uh, actually make a difference. We'll soon find out. I mean, we're going to the Ducoup Stadium next week, is it? And it's going to be tough. Like, if we, mm. everyone thinks we can sort of push for third place in this group, and I, I'm not, I hope we can get third place out of it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. Th- I don't think it's realistic. I think uh, we are, without a doubt. Uh, the worst team in the group, uh, and that's shown by what Paul we're in. We're in Port Four for a reason. We're uh, sitting we there. Won. Uh, yeah, we we're sitting there. At... Sorry, mate. Where you go? I'm going to say it. Like we're we're sitting there looking at Feyenoord and the, the pot 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 one group rubbing our hands. going, oh look, we've got Feyenoord out there. Feyenoord's probably looking at pot four and going, oh they're Celtic. Yeah, we'll take that. No bother at all. Like, you know what I mean? And I think Lazio and Atletico Madrid will probably be looking at us thinking, nah, that's that's all right. I can handle that. Feyenoord and Celtic in the group. Yeah. Well, we haven't won a, a Champions League match, a group stage match for six years. Yeah. Uh, when we beat Anderlecht, uh, and we haven't won a home Champions League game for a decade. So. Yeah. I, I don't know where any, any sort of confidence is coming from because uh, we, a European record is, is frankly an embarrassment. So wish. I think if we if we win one or two games, I think we can call that progress. Yeah. Uh, but I think any any notion that we're going, that we've got a better than better than average chance of winning third in the group, I think that's just uh, that's just way overly optimistic. Mm. Listen, I don't think we're going to go out and set a record for the worst ever performance in the Champions League. Touch wood, but um, uh, this is getting recorded, you know. I know, uh, but um, I don't. I I just I'm not as confident as some other fans are out there at the moment. I'm just looking at this thing, and we 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 went out there last year and we had a decent enough draw, and we couldn't beat. Um, Shakhtar home and away when we should have beaten Shakhtar home and away and like I say we, we've sidestepped into this season teams around us in Europe they don't sidestep into new seasons they move forward like and we haven't like you know what I mean and that's that's my biggest concern at the moment yeah mm. yeah I mean after all Feyenoord um, they finished above PSV in the league last year and they just uh, rinsed uh, Rangers last week without yeah. too much trouble at all so yeah. um 
Yeah, so let's see what happens. You know, it's good that we're in it, and we might just have to enjoy the occasion. It's yeah. sound a bit like the Tartan Army now, don't we? Let's just enjoy the occasion. <laughs> All right. Uh, so thanks for thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, if you've got any comment on anything we've said, uh, please reach out to us on our social media channels, uh, which are along the bottom of the screen here. And uh, don't forget to catch our regular Celtic Down Under live podcasts on a Monday and a Thursday night and a weekend review show, which is also recorded by the Western Australia boys, which usually comes out on a Tuesday. So um, thanks for joining me, Willie. Um, yep. Looking forward to the game on the weekend. I am, yeah. It's just be good to get back into the Celtic swing of things. So, yeah. Are you getting up early to watch the Scotland England game tomorrow? I think it's uh, what time is it? They're quarter, uh, quarter six in the morning. It kicks off here, so I should be up and about for it. Like, so yeah. um, hopefully I won't be hiding behind the couch by half time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Uh, All right. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, mate, and uh, thanks everyone right. for listening. And hail, 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 hail. Podcast Network.